the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Tuesday, January the 16th, 2024, in the year of our Lord. On January, January 16th, 27 BC, Caesar Augustus was declared the first emperor of the Roman Empire by the Senate. Today in 1786, Religious Freedom Day was given birth. It's celebrated in America each year on January 16th, the date of 1786. That was the passage of Thomas Jefferson's Virginia Statute of Religious Freedom. That measure ended the state-established church in Virginia, and it protected religious rights for all denominations. It is the antithesis of what we now call separation of church and state, according to Thomas Jefferson, who is said to have said we must separate church and state, and that's been convoluted to mean that the church can't do anything that might cross over into the, quote, territory of the state. They got it all backward. Thomas Jefferson was talking about, and our leaders of the country at that time were acting so that the government could not control the church. And now we have people in office today in this nation. They don't even know that exists. Or if they do, they just ignore it. Today in 1865, Union Major General William Sherman, he decreed that 400,000 acres of land in the South would be divided into 40-acre lots and given to the former slaves. That order, later revoked by President Andrew Johnson, is believed to have inspired the expression, 40 acres and a mule. Today in 1912, a day before reaching the South Pole, British explorer Robert Scott and his expedition found evidence that Roald Amundsen of Norway and his team had gotten there ahead of them. Today in 1920, prohibition began in the United States as the 18th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution took effect one year to the day after its ratification. It was later repealed, as you know, by the 21st Amendment. Today in 2003, the space shuttle Columbia blasted off for what turned out to be its last flight. The mission ended in tragedy, as you may remember. On February 1st, the shuttle broke up during its return descent killing, of course, all seven crew members. Today in 2020, the first impeachment trial of President Donald Trump opened in the Senate with senators standing and swearing an oath of impartial justice. Trump, who denounced the proceedings as a hoax, would later be acquitted on charges of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. Congress said, no, no, he's not obstructing, he's just disagreeing with the far left. It's interesting that (laughs) the world was watching Donald Trump again last night 
not only the Democratic Party was sitting drinking their legal alcohol, probably by the gallon, trying to figure out what to do next, the world was watching as well. The Chinese state-run newspaper, Global Times, it pretends to be a just an ordinary newspaper, kind of like the New York Times, the Washington Post, but it isn't. It, they, None of them really are independent news organizations. Somebody owns them, and they all have an agenda. Well, the, the ownership of the Global Times, you can trace it back to the Communist Party in China, and they say what the party tells them to say, and they don't say what the party tells them not to say. Not unlike, as I said, some of our newspapers, many, too many of our newspapers here in America. Anyway, the Chinese state-run newspaper, Global Times, urged the world yesterday, shortly before the beginning of the Iowa primary caucuses, to, quote, prepare for the possibility of Donald Trump being re-elected as president. This is the Communist Party speaking to the world. The world learned a few hours later that Trump, who served as president from 2016 to 2020, had maintained an aggressive anti-communist foreign policy, has decisively won the Iowa caucuses by the largest margin in the history of the Republican contest. As a candidate running against incumbent leftist President Joe Biden, Trump has prioritized challenging the Challenging the Communist Party, the Chinese Communist Party's espionage efforts in America, and they are, they've infiltrated every part of our culture here in America, particularly our university campuses, but everywhere. Trump has addressed the Wuhan coronavirus pandemic. None of that is acceptable, of course, to Chinese leadership and many others in the world. Trump has condemned Biden, whose family has been involved in business dealings with regime-linked Chinese businessmen for years, enriching themselves greatly, for being insufficiently serious in addressing the threat that China presents to America and the world. China has reason to be a little nervous today while they're putting out their news story about Trump. The Global Times routinely shames the United States for holding presidential elections, calling it a, quote, low-quality democracy compared to the totalitarian repressive rule in China under dictator Xi Jinping. The newspaper called out upon its stable of American politics experts on Monday, yesterday afternoon, to assess the Iowa caucuses before they happened. They lamented that Trump would likely emerge as the Republican presidential nominee and perform strongly in Iowa. A couple of things happened last night. Ramswamy, Vivek Ramswamy, who had been running a pretty strong fourth place um, campaign, he dropped out. He said last night, after he got a, a fairly small amount of the vote, He said, earlier tonight I called Donald Trump to tell him that I congratulate him on his victory, and now going forward he will have my full endorsement for the presidency, and I think we're going to do the right thing for this country. So I want to ask you to follow me in taking our America First movement to the next level. It did not begin in 2016. It began in 1776. A top European leader had this to say, 
about Trump's victory, and I'll get back to that in a moment, victory in Iowa last night. He said, Europe, Europe is on its own if Donald Trump wins the 2024 presidential election. Alexander DeCruz, he's claiming that the increasing federal bloc should prepare for a future without America. He said, our democracies and our liberties will put, be put to the test, not only with the election for this House, but uh, equally so for U.S. Congress, equally with an election for the U.S. presidency. DeCruz predicted, he said, if 2024 brings us America first again, it will be more than ever Europe on its own. It was interesting in the lead-up to the caucus yesterday, NBC's news network, MSNBC, the host on there, one of their leading luminaries of, of great truth, <laughs> I'm laughing, Joy Reid, she started attacking white Christians because she knew a lot of evangelicals were going to turn out to caucus and vote for Donald Trump last night, which they did. So she started doing a little um, prep work ahead of the t- ahead of what was the inevitable, and she was talking about the so-called white Christians. She said, "President Donald Trump seems to be uh, former President Donald Trump seems to be on the verge of an overwhelming win in the Hawkeye State." She said, "But don't take." She said, "Don't read too much into this," because she was telling NBC viewers. She said, she said, Iowa is overrepresented by white Christians, and she blamed their motivations for Trump's success. She said on her NBC perch, she said, we were sort of laughing about the fact that they're talking about electability when he's literally lost everything, talking about Trump when he's literally lost everything he's touched for the last four years. Reed said, Joy Reed said, but I feel like the important uh, sort of data point, and you know, Steve talks about this a lot. He's going to talk about it a little more tonight. He's another guy, luminary on there, a great, great seer of the future on NBC. She said, is these white Christians... She said, this is a state that is overrepresented by white Christians that are going to participate in these caucuses, especially tonight. Like, horror of horrors. White Christians are going to be involved in the election process. Well, Joy, (laughs) you better get ready for it, because yes, they are. They're going to turn out in mass. I think people have been able to assess, even people that are not terribly informed, assess that our country is in great, great need of leadership. And Trump, with all of his warts and with all of his funny ways, and he talks too much and he says things he ought not to say sometimes, in fact, often, people believe that he will make the right decisions for our country. Not all, but more than you would think and more than the left wants to admit. Associated Press finally came out this morning. They said this. This is, as of now, this will be confirmed later today. But Associated Press says that Trump, who finished with some 51% of the vote, 
as I said a moment ago, that is a record for Republican politics in the history of the country. Trump finished with some 51% of the votes over DeSantis's 21.2% and former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley's 19.1%. Associated Press, I'm sure they did that with heartburn, but they did publish that this morning. ABC News, they struggle a little bit with the white Christian thing that NBC was struggling with as well, apparently. They said Donald Trump dominated the Iowa caucuses on Monday. They said that this morning, taking his first important step to his third straight GOP presidential nomination, delivered a blow to his rivals who had hoped to capitalize on his legal troubles and earlier signs the base might be ready to move on from him. They've been telling us that for three years. They've been telling all of the Republicans all across the country it's time to move on, and they've been predicting that they will move on. They have been reporting that the Christians and the white conservatives have moved on. They have not, obviously. Trump is projected, they later reported by ABC News, to have defeated DeSantis and Haley and so on. But it's interesting, in their article this morning, they said, unlike Democrats' caucuses in Iowa in 2020, which were ultimately out of step with the party voters nationwide, this year's Republican caucus seems to have included relatively good representation of the larger GOP base around the country. Well, that's positive. Then ABC goes on to say the state is overwhelmingly white and rural and the percentage of residents with a college education is below the national average. It's states like Iowa that represent the base of the modern Republican Party, built on very conservative, older, non-college, and evangelical voters, and Trump cleaned up. Obviously, they could have chosen different words, but they chose those words to make it as harsh and as demeaning as possible without saying it out loud. But you know, it's interesting. It always comes down to people like us, Christians, many of us white. What they're not factoring into this is there are not a lot of black people that live in, in Iowa. I don't know what the numbers are, but it's not it's not a significant amount of the population. But what they're not factoring into this is that both the black community and the Latino community, Latina community, whatever they're calling it now, the Latinos, I know that they don't care. They laugh about the white guys trying to be so politically correct about them. But what they're not factoring into this is the fact that the blacks, the Mexicans and others, minority groups, they're not buying into the left either. It isn't just Joe Biden that they're turning away from. They're turning away from the Democratic Party. And somebody somewhere within that party must know that. But they don't act like they know it, and they're trying to scramble and figure out how to get their feet under themselves again, and it's not happening for them. I don't think, personally, Joe Biden will ultimately be the candidate. I'll be surprised. I don't, I mean, nobody's talked to me from the White House, but I just have a feeling that... Um, they're, they're, they're not going to choose to go down with him. 
I don't, I mean, maybe, I hope they do, but I, I, I don't think they will. I don't know how they could get around that because he's determined, and Jill, his wife, seems to be determined as well, to run for president, and they think they can win. I, I think they honestly believe, Jill and and uh, uh, Mr. Mr. President Biden, I think they really think they can win this next election. And she's out there kind of leading him around. She's helping him and assisting him because he needs assistance in getting around and kind of getting on and off the stage and so on. So that's a piece of what's happening in our world today. I mentioned yesterday on this program that the world would be watching this. And, and, you know, you think about that and you think, well, why would the world care about Iowa or any other single state in America? They care because it's indicative of, of a greater sense in our country, a greater feeling in our country. Oh, I know there's people lined up and there are Republicans lined up to do anything they can and everything they can to see that Donald Trump never put, sets foot in the Oval Office again, ever. We'll see how, how all that works out. Newt Gingrich was talking to Sean Hannity last night. I watched it very carefully, and after I had watched the conversation, I I went and found the a transcript of it, and I have learned by doing this program over the last number of years how to do that and how to find transcripts that aren't readily available, but they can be found. And I pulled a part of it, and I'll, I'll just share it with you. Um, former President Stunned, <laughs> the American political scene Monday with what could shape up to be a near-record margin of victory in the Iowa caucuses. That's a prelude to what was said last night uh, on Hannity. Former House Speaker Newt Gingrich, who once represented the now key swing state of Georgia, said Trump's victory comes in spite of all the mainstream media's efforts and the foreshadowing of a resounding defeat. Despite every lawsuit, despite every effort to destroy Trump, the people of Iowa have stood up and said, no, he is our candidate, Gingrich said. He told Sean Hannity that. He said, he's the nominee. This is Newt Gingrich. He's the nominee. Get over it. He is the nominee. He's going to win the nomination. The news media doesn't want to say that because they need to somehow hype, please watch us while we go through this charade. The former speaker, who served as the top House Republican from 1995 to 1999, claimed there is no longer a viable path for a number two candidate. He said, you get to be the leading irrelevant or the second irrelevant or the third irrelevant. But nobody's going to be number two because Trump is going to dominate totally if you look at the country at large. He called the former president the leader of an anti-establishment national political movement rather than a simple presidential candidate. I think that speaks to where we are in our world today. There's much more about last night. It was so consequential. And other each state election obviously is consequential, but this one particularly sets a tone that everybody reacts to. And I'm responding to it today, and others are responding to it, and people that hate Trump and hate America and all that, they're responding and reacting to it. But the wheels are starting to turn, and America is beginning to move toward what we will become, maybe ultimately. And that's what concerns me personally so deeply, and that's why 
I get on the radio here every day live and I turn on the microphone and thank you to all of you guys who are on the other end of this and helping me do what I do. Um, you turn on all the other equipment and, and thank you to our listeners for listening. And I know we have a significant audience. I'm very aware of that considering the number of stations we're on. Thank you. And I want to thank you for your support and allowing us to do what we do each day, to talk about the things that are happening in our world from a biblical, conservative point of view. Thank you for your support. You make this possible. You are the advertiser that we do not have and won't have on this program. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. It isn't just the politics. The politics are more perhaps symbolic of what's happening in our nation. I wrote an article about this today on our website, faithandfreedom, A-N-D, freedom.us. And you can go there and see it. If you go today, the first thing that will come up when you uh, log on to our website, faithandfreedom.us, you'll see a picture of Johns Hopkins Hospital and University Complex there. And um, the hospital's medical DEI chief made a very wrong diagnosis regarding the American people and diversity and equity and inclusion, much like the Democrat Party has been doing socially and politically. They just are not in touch with where America is today. We're fed up with this. We're getting tired of it. And people who are mostly silent are starting to speak up and say, wait a minute. And that was happening in Iowa. I saw a, a ton of video where guys, I mean, some of them were farmers, and yeah, we might be white, and we might not have a doctorate from wherever, but man, we have opinions, and we're Americans, and there's more of us than those elites in California and Washington, D.C., the East Coast and the West Coast think, and we just want to be heard. We don't want to give away our country to people who don't care about the country, who don't care about the history, and don't care about God's order. And Johns Hopkins is a highly respected hospital. Ben Carson had his career there. Dr. Ben Carson, whom I highly esteem, and I'm sure most of you do, many, perhaps all of you do. But the the medical, the DEI uh, chief comes out with this message the other day, just a couple of days ago, and she misdiagnosed the public opinion about so-called privilege. She said, privilege is an unearned benefit given to people who are in a specific social group. Privilege operates on personal, interpersonal, cultural, and institutional levels, and it provides advantages and favors to members of dominant groups at the expense of the members of other groups, she said in a newsletter she put out. She says, John Hopkins, John Hopkins wants to end this. And we must address the problem. The problem? What is the problem? Well, the problem is males, whites. I'm reading from her letter. Males, whites, Christians, middle-aged people, able-bodied people, middle and owning class, English-speaking people. This message was emailed directly to the employees. 
at Johns Hopkins Hospital. It continued, in the United States, privilege is granted to people who have membership in one or more of these social identity groups. White people, able-bodied people, heterosexuals, cisgendered people, males, Christians, owning class, middle-aged people, English-speaking people. She emphasized, quote, privilege is characteristically invisible to people who have it. People in dominant groups often believe they have earned the privilege they enjoyed or that everyone could have access to these privileges if only they worked to earn them. In fact, privileges are unearned and are granted to people in dominant groups whether they want those privileges or not and regardless of their stated intent. In other words, you are you are a racist whether you know it or not or whether you want to be or not if you fall into these categories. So every white person listening to me today, you are a racist. You say, no, I'm not. I'm a born-again Christian. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. I don't have any animus toward anybody of any color. Yes, you do. In today's world, you do. You're a racist. And you're a homophobe if you don't endorse and celebrate homosexuality, and on and on it goes. That's the problem that we have in America today. And people not only in Iowa... But across this nation are beginning to wake up and say, you know, sitting at their kitchen table having a nice cup of coffee, as I did earlier this morning. I love coffee. And they're looking at each other and they're saying, you know, honey, something's very wrong. I don't think I'm going to be a Democrat anymore or an independent or whatever. It isn't the politics that's driving this. This is driving the politics. And there are those that are committed to remaking America, as Obama talked about, all the time. I mean, he was obsessed with remaking America. And Joe Biden sort of tries to say some of the things Obama did, but he's he's not a communicator. He can't be. I mean, it's impossible for him at this point in his life to be a communicator. Obama was a great communicator. That's part of the problem with him. He changed people's minds. But he holds he holds a view, a world view, that is not not only is does it challenge Christianity, but it challenges the founding of America and what America is all about. And they find the imperfections and they magnify them as though we're all this and we've always been this or that or whatever. That's what people are reacting to today. It isn't that Donald Trump is so smooth and slick and perfect. He's not a Sunday school teacher. And people are saying, we're not electing. In fact, Franklin Graham has said it several times recently. He said, we're not electing a pastor. We're electing a leader who can help us get our country back. And that's what this is really all about. I would encourage you to read the whole article that I wrote about Johns Hopkins. It's very enlightening, and it speaks to a larger um, a larger situation in our country. So if you have a moment, go on our website and, and read it. It, it. It's good information. There's a story in there, an article from the Jerusalem Post, a doctor, a medical doctor, that speaks to these issues as well. So I think you'll find it very, very interesting. But as I said, the uh, Dr. Ben Carson spent his career there, 
and yet he stands for everything his old alma mater does not stand for now. Hey, thanks for being with me. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.